What's going on and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Caroline Gonzalez in studio and also Andrew Lopez from ESPN.com has stopped by the Oxford Sports Performance Center to talk about last night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, also the trade deadline is near Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Time. So get ready for all the rumors, the tweets, the people that don't know what they're talking about, thinking they know what trades are going to happen. Or hey, don't say that about me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> How many times have you used a trade machine already? Are you are you zero? One that uses? No, Andrew, do you I am go not through that too? Uh, I I did use the trade machine last night. I must I must confess, I did did use the machine. Last but I night. feel like someone in you know who does your job. I feel like you're a more realistic person when it comes to the trade machine, as far as the reckless people out there that use it. <laughs> So now I'm being called reckless. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it is reckless because then you put these trades on Twitter and are like, yeah, these these will work, but you don't even think about the two teams involved and what they actually need. That's always my favorite of the the trade machine folks out there is the guys who just, oh, this deal works. Like I remember somebody, once that four-team 87-player trade went down last night um, or started to go down (laughs) last night, I saw a lot of Denver folks like, oh, that must mean that they're coming for Drew. And they started yep. throwing all these ideas out. And, I, and, and one of them, I think, was it was Gary Harris, Plumley, somebody else. In a first-round pick or something. Yeah, for Drew and Etwan. And I remember going in the comments, and it was, oh, we want J.J. Redick instead. And I was like, that's not how trades work. Right. You have to, to make sure the deal works, and that doesn't. So you can want everything you want. And it's just always funny. Um, because it, it happens with Pels fans. It happens with everybody on on other teams. You always want to give away your scraps for somebody else's good players. It doesn't – rarely do you see the trade machine ideas just thrown out there where it's, you know, oh, I'll give you a good player for a good player. Mm-hmm. This good player works for you. This good player doesn't. Also, my, the, my favorite thing is the untouchables for a lot of teams. Yeah. How we determine that yeah. these guys are untouchable? I don't know. I remember for some folks out there, like each one more was untouchable at one point last year. <laughs> I mean, I love Uncle E as much as the next guy, but I don't think I think there's maybe one untouchable guy on this team right now. Right. But you know, it's just, it's just funny how how trade machine and trade machine season works. Someone called into the post game show, and I won't identify who they wanted. They wanted Kevin Love. As far as who we were giving <laughs> up, it was a guy out of the rotation and a first round pick. And I'm like, in what way does Cleveland do that? You know, for Kevin Love, and it's just like again, there's a difference between being realistic and being someone that just wants to put all this in 2K, where you can force trades and able to acquire these people and stack just, a t- stack a team. I just want to let you know that I I play 2K without four trades, okay, so good. I just get very frustrated when they don't accept my deals. <laughs> <laughs> you throwing things at the TV? I do. I don't. I don't do that any anymore. Do you throw controllers still? No comment. How mature of you? Do you turn off the game before it ends if it's not going your way? <laughs> I feel like you're personally attacking me. Right I'm just because I, I <laughs> he can't attack me. I don't play 2K. I'm a big video game guy, and I know I used to play against people. And before the game even finished, they would turn it off, and I was like, "But I was winning here. I want I, credit for the win." I I knew somebody who I will I will let them remain nameless, but um, back in the day when the PlayStation controller still connected to the actual PlayStation, uh, this individual had at least two controllers on deck in the house unopened. For when, if he lost, 
he threw the controller down and broke it so that way he could just go to the <laughs> cabinet and get um and get a new controller so we're going to talk about will guillory yeah like i was that. about Is to that say <laughs> i'm not naming names okay fair enough let's let's talk about these next couple of days though because you know last year was a very active trade deadline around the nba and it's so hard to predict these days um what it's going to be like but i did want to kind of as someone that is following closely with all these situations what do you think and again without predicting how active do you think this will be around the league in general or could this be a fairly quiet one or kind of who knows at this point with still 36 hours to go i, I think it's going to be quieter than last year because you, you just don't have the names on the market to to get it going um i think last year from start of the season to the trade deadline, we had 29 trades. I think before yesterday, I think it was five. Yeah. Um, before the the massive trade that went yeah. down last night, that it felt like it took hours to, to figure out how many yeah. people were actually in the deal. Uh, that still could end we up having somebody know. in a deal. Yeah. yeah, it could end up. Houston could end up adding somebody else to it. Um, so I think you'll you'll see smaller parts moving. I don't I don't think you'll see any any big names, especially if. If New Orleans doesn't get the the huge asking price that they they're they're wanting right now for for Drew, um, outside of that, I just don't see any any big names moving. I mean, obviously, you look at certain teams like Philly's probably going to add a shooter at some point. Um, a lot of these other teams. That's why Denver got in the mix last night because they're you know a lot of teams in the West see it as you know maybe there's a a a, a bit of a chink in the armor in, in, in either of the L.A. teams that they can try to slide in. Uh, in the East, obviously, I mean, we all saw what the Bucks did last night right. uh, and how good that team is. But, you know, maybe if Philly thinks that they can try to sneak in or Miami or somebody like that to try to, you know, force the Bucks out. So I, I think you'll see see less trades, but I think it'll be more more impactful deals where guys are trying to steal a piece here, steal a piece there in order to uh, – make that push to the finals and do you think the reason why that is because it's so wide open that a lot yeah. of teams think that they have already the pieces and that it could be anyone's game maybe just adding someone smaller not making this big ordeal and jeopardize their future that hey this is so wide open that maybe we can't make a push with just yeah. one minor deal i think everybody kind of saw what toronto did i mean obviously you picked up Kawhi before the season last year and that's uh that's obviously a good piece to right. pick up but you know, you went in midseason and you added Marcus Hall. You had there was a little trade that you made down the way, and you know everybody still thought Golden State was going to run through. And then we get another injury to KD, and you know Clay goes down, and then all of a sudden Toronto is the NBA champion. So I think everybody kind of sees that there's there's always a place where you need a little bit of luck in in, in a championship run, um, and I think teams are kind of lining up, but. There's also teams trying to make the playoffs. There's also teams trying to set themselves up for next season. You see Minnesota. Minnesota's going after D'Angelo Russell. They have no – they're not going to – I don't think they're going to make a playoff push this year. They haven't year. won since Thanksgiving, I don't you think know, so. They're, they're looking for – Cat hasn't won since Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they're trying to keep their superstar happy. I mean, again, most people listening to this podcast knows what it's like to have a team <laughs> trying to keep their superstar right. happy. So – I think what you're what you're seeing is you'll you'll have there's there's it's almost too many buyers and not enough sellers right now and that's going to affect the market. I am um, 
I'm I'm relatively new at this, so I'm still trying to figure out like the trades and I'm from the the standpoint of like I can put as many deals in the trade machine as I want and at the end of the day whatever happens is going to happen and that is completely out of my control. So I'm trying to kind of figure out like, oh, who goes where, who's interested in what and how much are the Pelicans invested in this season because you are trying to still make the playoffs and get that eight seed or whatever seed that um, you can get, but also uh, how much are you building for the future? And do you like this team for the future? And are you willing to um, wait until the off season to figure out what moves you need to make? So, uh, like I said, this is all relatively yeah. new to me, and I know that whatever happens is going to happen and is out of my control. But um, it's fun to watch everyone else freak out and do the trade machines. <laughs> it really is. To, to, to that point, the Pelicans are absolutely – okay mm-hmm. standing pat at the at the deadline I, I can say that with assurance they're not they don't feel like they have to trade anybody because the other thing is this is what this is what last night was game seven mm-hmm. of seeing this team healthy right they're three and four in that stretch they very well probably should be f- at least four and three if you're looking at the Houston game yeah. um and if you even take out those first two games where your Zion was really on on heavy minutes restrictions, you're three and two, and you probably should be four and one since he's played normal minutes. So they're okay waiting because they're they still want to see. It. This is game seven of what their team actually looks like. Um, the only rotational piece that's out right now has been Kenrich with the back, and we see him slowly starting to to work himself back in. So. Seeing this group together is is something the front office would like to 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 see moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think people, you know, were calling in last night and talking about the situation with the Pelicans, it's a really unique situation because one, they're twenty and thirty one. A lot of teams in this position would probably be sellers, thinking that this this season's done. We're gonna ship pieces and maybe get us for the future. But with the Pelicans, with the, such a young core that they have, and the the you know, the bright future that's ahead for the Pelicans. One, they're still within the striking distance of the playoffs. So for them, it's why mess things up now. Right. There's still a chance. Yes, you have to play some good basketball now. But at the same time, to jeopardize some of their future assets that they you know worked so hard to acquire, just to maybe sneak in when they think they have a chance to sneak in no matter what. I think that's where Andrew's talking about, which I like the fact that I want to see this. You know, it's an adjustment period. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but at the same time, I'm intrigued to see what this these five guys in the starting lineup, what the rotation guys, how they adjust with Zion, how Zion fits with them, and then that way in the offseason, if you do decide that one of these pieces may not work, then you have the luxury of, hey, during free agency, during the draft, you yeah. can you can make those moves. Plus, with a bevy of first-round picks accumulated, then that's where maybe you strike and get someone that can be a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because you can end up sending guys off, attach some of those picks to them, you can move around, you have availability, but... The the big thing here is that the Pels are not even at twenty and thirty one, they're they're striking distance of the playoffs. Although it's it's starting to to fade a little right. bit, but you know the thing that that Griff has talked about over and over and over again has been building a culture of winning. And as long as you are playing competitive games at the end of March and even in early April, if possible, that's what they want. And if they're playing and trying to win until, you know, the last week of the season, but they don't make it, oh, well, that's fine. Um, they're not going to tank. They're not going to just trade off all these pieces. No JJ, no no Fave, uh, no Drew, unless they get a deal that they go, you know what, 
I'm dumb not to take this. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the only time that you'll see that happening. And, you know, I, it's all about setting yourself up. Like you were saying, it's all about setting yourself up for next year. If, you know, somebody, if you keep this team together and somebody comes with, man, look, we think Drew's the piece that's going to put us into the championship and they give you a godfather offer for him, okay, go ahead and move him. Um, he'll do that, but I think, with, with most of the pieces on this roster. Uh, that's that's about building a winner and you're trying to figure out what's your core, what's, what are you going to try to move going forward. So um, they're, no, they're in an okay, okay spot right now. I don't think they're going to lose sleep over over anything over the next, you know, 28, 30 hours or anything. Yeah, And I thought last night, I thought they were very competitive in the game. And this is a game that they were up by six after one, up by three after two. And then Milwaukee turns into Milwaukee in that <laughs> third quarter. Bucks, Bucks went full Bucks on them. Yeah, I mean, again, I think some people, I, I think, grasped that last night. But some were, you know, a little upset. But it's like, look, there's a reason why this team is 43-7. and seven. And you posted the stat about how the, the previous six teams to start off 43-7 and seven were on the win the NBA championship. And so this is a team that is built to contend this year for a championship. And it showed, but I, I still liked how the Pelicans clawed their way back. Zion didn't have the best game, yeah. but I thought you saw a different Zion last night in a good way. You saw an angry Zion that, you know, was frustrated with. There's not many times I ever want to see an angry Zion in my life. No, and he, <laughs> he was frustrating. He went five of 19 from the field, still put up 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, got to the free throw line a lot as well. And I think these are the types of games that you can take away more from than maybe some of the other games where he put up some great stats just for, you know how he dealt with Giannis, how he dealt with a really good Bucks defense, is still able, still able to put up some big numbers. Yeah, fourteen free throw attempts for Zion. Very well, could have been eighteen or twenty. Yep. I, I remember Alvin Gentry was uh, was upset about that. There were a couple of fouls where he was being treated like a nineteen year old. I remember, I mean, the the one that kind of stood out to me was the Kyle Korver double karate right. chop. Yep. Hmm. Well, you got not only did you get him on the arm, you got him on the arm twice. Yep. Yeah. No foul, but. Um, you know, five of nineteen, and it showed that he was. A lot of rookies, if they if they were, I think he was what three of thirteen to start, three of thirteen maybe yep. at halftime. You go three of thirteen in the first half, you're shooting it twice in the second half. You're just not. You're like, no, that's not me. I'm gonna. And I remember he he was he he told us last night that. While talking to Lonzo, he was like, man, I think I'm shooting too much. And Lonzo's like, dude, dude don't you ever say that. Right. Like you're never gonna shoot too much. Um, for for his five of nineteen performance, he is still shooting fifty four point six percent from the season, which is still absurd. Um, but that was his first kind of I, I guess reality check, and I liked how he responded. He he continued to attack. Um, there's that one play in the fourth where there's an it's he's on the wing. Lonzo gets the offensive board off the Melly three, and the only thing between him and the rim is is Giannis. And he went, he went full speed, and I think that's what you, you want out of him. If it's he's five of seventeen at that point, and he sees Giannis at the rim, and he goes, "All right, I don't care if that's the MVP, I'm getting to the bucket." So they didn't, they didn't fall. Um, Milwaukee did a good job of of keeping him off balance, knocking him around, and once they realized they could get away with some of the things, they just kept doing it, and once. That that's that's part of the gamesmanship of the NBA is you gotta you gotta see what the referee's gonna let you do, and then you keep going. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like that at all levels of basketball. Once you figure out how the refs are gonna call it, <laughs> you figure. Right. All right, am I gonna be able to push? Am I gonna be able to pull? Am I gonna be able yep. to to get a little rough down there? And then 
And then you kind of uh, adjust your game from there. And I think once Milwaukee figured out that they could push Zion around, which pushing the 285-pound guy around doesn't seem like a smart idea, but it worked for them when you have, you know, 72 seven-footers down there. So uh, things kind of worked out for Milwaukee. But, again, that's why they're the best team in the league. And then, you know, eighth team to have 43 wins in their first 50 games, the only one not to win the title, the 73-win Warriors. I just like mentioning that stat. <laughs> that's fun. I was encouraged by two things last night. I think first is, what, this was his seventh game? Seven. One out of seven games, you're having a bad shooting night. <laughs> but but look at how he responded. Like you said, he didn't just like do the rookie move of like, all right, you know what, I'm not going to shoot the ball anymore. I'm going to go in woe is me mode. I'm going to barely defend. I'm and then coach, it yeah, I, gonna, yeah, exactly. And coach whatever. is going to take me out and I'm going to go sit on the bench. You didn't see that. He completely impacted the game in every single way that he could have without putting the ball in the bucket you know like he still was continued to he continued to attack the basket he continued to occupy his defender he continued to defend and then last night when you saw the angry zion of him roaring to the crowd <laughs> how primal scream zion right how encouraging was that like as a fan i was sitting on the other end of the court and i was just like man i'm fired up like that fired me up that because was, I, I gotta say all the dunks that he's had, I think that might have been the loudest I've heard it at a home game so far. Yeah. Because he, I mean, every, the dunks are one thing, but, like, he, he ripped the ball away from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, you're not supposed to do that. And you saw how passionate he was. And I think that's the that's the thing that is, one, encouraging to your teammates. You're like, all right, this guy is going to go out there and he's going to give everything he has to this team. And, two, he – had a bad game and he's still giving everything he has. And as a fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see that passion. You want to see the energy. And in his post game, he said, I was just trying to motivate yeah. my, my teammates. And that's what he did. He brought energy to everyone around him. And I thought that was probably two of the most encouraging things I saw out of him last night. And look, he can care less about his numbers. You can just tell that he just wants to win. He's been a winner for a lot of his life. You know, at Duke, he was the same way. And I think he just wants to go out there and win. But I think you mentioned as far as Lonzo Ball saying, don't ever say that as far as not taking shots. That's got to be a great feeling when you're a 19-year-old rookie that has a lot of pressure. And you could be around a lot of veterans, young veterans, older veterans, that could be like, hey, man, you know, you need to give it up a little bit. But they're telling you to be you. And I think that's what's yeah. going to make Zion so special because as, the much, as more as he gets comfortable with this situation, like the more aggressive he's going to be. And you, we've seen how aggressive – he can be, but I think that even gets stronger just based on the fact that his teammates are like, just be you. And I think mm -hmm. that that goes a long way, having teammates that are fully supportive of this guy that has kind of turned some heads around the league. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. encouraging. And you see, if you're Zion, um, you know, you're – you turn the ball over and Drew Holiday or Alonzo is right there giving you a high five saying, hey, it's it's cool because these guys on the team know the caliber of talent that he has and know that it's only game seven and it's his it's his first time playing in the NBA and the pressure's on. And so, yeah, his handles might be not be as tight as they were in the past, but it's going to get there. It's going to develop. So um, if you're Zion, you're so encouraged that every time you turn around, you're getting a high five from a player saying, hey, you're going to be fine. Yeah, eventually the point will come where they're like hey I think you could have done this better or you need to do this instead but that's not right now and I think right now is a confidence building time and I think you're seeing that before I let you go here four more games for the Pelicans heading into the all-star break two on the road here two very winnable games two uh, very Pacer. cold games two very cold games I don't have to worry about that I'll be here cold front is coming in but that's like 60 degrees here so I'm completely okay with that 
But two very cold games. They are playing indoors, luckily. That's what I hear. So you'll be okay there. Just getting to those places might yeah. be a little challenging. <laughs> as we heard about, uh, where were we at that you were having a hard time staying inside to get to the arena? When it was oh, 32 degrees out? Cleveland? It was Cleveland. It, since Will McLaren wants to put me on blast, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was asking because I was trying to get the shortest route. Uh, and I had heard that there was a walkway. And then I, I was like, okay. And then I found the walkway. And I walked... <laughs> To the walkway to get it to shoot around. But apparently the walkway isn't open until game time. Uh-huh. So I walked through this mall that was attached to the hotel. Yep. Um, the player's hotel was also attached to it. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've done that walk before. That makes sense. And then I get to the door and there's a giant metal gate. And I, I said a word that I can't say on this podcast. <laughs> That's good. Appreciate it. And then that's basically kind of almost run through the mall the other way to find a way out so I could get to the street and walk through. And again, it wasn't this time though. I did book a room in Indianapolis. That's like a block away from the hotel okay, from nice. the game from the arena. So I don't have to worry about that. Learn from your mistakes. So we've got that covered. So in these last four games, as far as the cohesiveness of this team, the chemistry, um, the development of this team, what do you want to, what do you want to see? I know everyone wants to see maybe like three and one record just going in, maybe give yourself a chance here post all-star break for the playoffs, but ignoring record aside, what do you still want to see from this team to, to show that they are growing with this new core? I just want to see that, that, that starting lineup continue to grow. Um, they, they had a ridiculous net rating in the first five games. I'm sure it's still pretty high, even though last night didn't go the way they wanted, but you, you just want to see growth. You want to see, you, you want to continue to see BI have the games that he's having, with Zion on the floor. I mean, that was a big thing the first couple of games where he struggled trying to find his shot because at the same time as, you know, as Alonzo's telling B.I., hey, man, no, you got to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, or telling Zion, hey, man, you got to shoot the ball. He's kind of telling B.I. the same thing. And th- those two are pretty pretty likely your future here is is, is Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And you, you need them to be able to play together. Um We've seen other superstar pairings where they're not the best compliments of each other, and, and the team ends up suffering because of that. And I think those two are going to continue to learn how to play off of each other. Obviously, you want to go into Chicago, get a win. Uh, Indiana's going to be going to be tough right now with with uh, with Oladipo coming back, and then you have two tough ones at home when you you play Portland and OKC. Uh, so I think three one is, is 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 optimistic, and I think you should be shooting for that clearly, but. Uh, I, I just want to see this team have continued growth. At this point, even though there's 30 games left, even though you're, what, five, five and a half out, yeah. record doesn't mean anything to me for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I just want to see continued growth in this team. And if you put yourself in a position to make the playoffs, because at this point, what, you're probably going to go like 21 and 11, yeah. you know, 23 and 8 if you want to make – I mean, that's a, that's a big record. To, big. The schedule allows it in March, but at the same time – got to get there. You, you got to get there and still be in contention to do and that. So I remember looking at the season – when the season started, I remember looking at the last 15 games and going, this team could legitimately go 13-2, and 14-1 down the stretch. And even if you end up doing that and miss the playoffs, I think you're you're okay because you're you're showing the growth and you're setting yourself up for next year. I actually prefer when this team goes on the road because, Andrew, you pointed it out, and I think it's something um, everyone noticed. After that Christmas trip, that really long Christmas trip, you saw the chemistry on this team really take off, especially with Lonzo Ball, and that showed 
on the court. And so um, I actually like when this team is able to go on the road because you are forced to spend a lot of time together with your teammates. And um, I think that's kind of what this team needs right now because you're you're seeing kind of growing pains on the court and stuff like that. But off the court, if you can get that chemistry a little bit more developed, uh, you know, Zion gets a little bit more encouraged with his teammates that they have confidence in him, uh, then I think you'll see that more on the court. Yeah, I think they like being around each other. So it's not even a forcing them. Right. to be hanging that's, out together they want to hang out yep. together. that's what alvin gentry said and you know usually when you have a 13 game losing streak guys are you know wanting to punch each other in the locker yeah. room yeah. and these guys are like no nah, man it's cool like yeah. you, know, you don't get to that at a 13 game losing streak if you if you hate each other this this team genuinely does like each other um and that's why i think you are able to come out of a 13 game losing streak with a stretch of winning 13 of 19 so uh, it all kind of paid off. And you've won 7 of 10 on the road, which is very encouraging, heading into this two-game trip as well. That's Andrew Lopez, NBA writer, covering the Pelicans for ESPN.com. Of course, I'm sure you'll see him on SportsCenter plenty of times here in the next few days. Rising whether it's star. With trade. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, growing up, one more thing before. I mean, you growing <laughs> up, you watch SportsCenter all the time. Does it still feel weird that when oh, you're doing SportsCenter hits? <laughs> absolutely. From watching it to being on it. It's It's insane. It's Yesterday he was like, "Oh, I'm throwing it back to Sage Steele," and I was like, "What? Like yeah. that's so cool." It was be a total uh, fanboy on there, like, "Oh my god, you're talking to me." <laughs> I I will say this: the there was one night I forget what it was, if it was opener night, if it was Zion's first game night, but there was a stretch where I, I think it was like I talked to Sage, Steve Levy. It was the night I told Steve yeah. Levy to sleep on my couch, and then SVP, and then like somebody else in the morning. I was like, SVP one. I was like, what is happening to me right now? Um, That's the one that would have gotten me. Was that Scott? SVP was the one that I was like, okay, we're here. All right, this is and I was the whole deal. I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, there's there's definitely absolutely still times where I'm like getting ready to go on, and I'm like, I'm about to be on SportsCenter right now, and now it's it's. Hopefully it never gets old for me, and yeah, and I I feel like that at all time because it's there's a certain level of excitement that you get that. And it, and it has to I have to lock in, especially when I have people like Caroline or Will Guillory <laughs> or whatever whatever other media wants to try and mess with me. Um, I know you and Jim are professionals when you guys are doing your stand-ups. But and it's the same thing, SportsCenter pregame report. They're pretty much one of the same <laughs> yeah. anyway. So, I mean, I feel well, like I'm an expert at it I right can, now. I can rat Jim out right now. It took Jim four takes yesterday when he didn't have you. Ooh. Just saying. I also remind him on the postgame show that we're on a two-game losing streak when he's by himself because he had to do it by himself yesterday. <laughs> and so, uh, and unfortunately, though, we're on the road without me again, too. So, um, it might, might be a sign that. <laughs> I get the call up, ten day contract just for road trips, just do the pregame report, and then I just can. That's, relax that's all. I will say this: it took Jim four times last night, but it, only three were his fault. I will, I will, or only two were his fault before he got to the fourth one. I will, I will say that. All right, Andrew, I appreciate the time. As always, safe travels, bundle up, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line here. It's gonna be so cold. I know. Get ready. Good stuff there from Andrew Lopez. Always appreciate having him on the podcast, especially coming in studio to talk to us. Again, it should be a busy couple of days. And, of course, keep an eye out on pelicans.com and the mobile app for any trade news related to the Pelicans. But, of course, Twitter is your way of finding out about every other trade going on. And keep in mind that uh, make sure it's the proper people when following about trade rumors and things. There are a lot of people that like to put some rumors out there. Don't believe everything you see on Twitter because, of course, not everything is true on that website.
On Friday's podcast, we'll have Antonio Daniels on. It'll be another episode of the podcast of Daniel and Daniels, and we'll have that for you on Friday from Indianapolis, hopefully talking about a Bulls win. And keep in mind, tomorrow night from the United Center, it's the Pelicans and the Bulls. You can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans. You can listen on ESPN New Orleans with Todd Graffnini and John DeShazer, and also on the radio side at 6 p.m. tomorrow, it's Pelicans Weekly. Sam Smith, who covers the Bulls for Bulls.com, longtime NBA writer, will join the show as well. So we'll have a full preview, an hour's worth of coverage on our flagship station. All right, of course, this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing with SeatGeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, if you haven't used SeatGeek yet, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the app using the code GOPELS, all caps, one word, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, we'll talk to you on Friday on this podcast. Until then, for Andrew Lopez, Caroline Gonzalez, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening.